Hour number two, we roll on. It is the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Happy Thursday, everyone. I'm Josh Elmer alongside TJ Perry. Talking signing class. What a signing class it was. And what a national signing day it, it was for OU. Number eight across the board in the pursuit of number eight. I've seen many of you making that correlation. Been stuck on seven for a minute here. I've had promos playing for years trying to get to that number eight. The chase for eight. <laughs> it's on. Eventually we're going to get there. Again. <laughs> Eventually, yes. Eventually it'll be the, the chase for number nine. So, so we hope. Been a long chase for eight, an extended chase for number eight. But I feel better about Oklahoma's chances to finally track down number eight with uh, Brent Venables and his staff in the fold. I do, not to spend all morning harping on that dude out west, but there are a couple of headlines and stories out there that I want to spend a little bit of time on from Brady McCullough and Pat Forty. I mean, just like the headlines themselves are enough to to drive you a little bit crazy. 40, Lincoln Riley's more equipped for the L.A. lifestyle than you might think, and USC is more equipped than ever to help Riley pursue titles. With Caleb Williams and others on board, the new era is on. Quote, you feel like it's ready to explode, end quote. And then he follows it up, and this was the funniest part to me. Pat Forty follows it up with this tweet right underneath it. Was Oklahoma's future move to the SEC a factor in Riley's willingness to look elsewhere? Quote, I don't think the SEC was the SEC fit was particularly enticing or popular, end quote, a source said. Okay, so Lincoln Riley and USC are going to be playing for, fighting for, winning national championships, and they're better positioned than ever to go win national championships. And the conference that over the last decade and a half – has been winning all but a few of said national championships. That's the that's the league that Lincoln Riley, according to a source, didn't think the SEC fit was particularly enticing or popular because he wanted no part of the league with the competition. He wasn't the only one putting out those headlines yesterday, and I kept thinking to myself, am I, in cra- am I living in a crazy world that you're not realizing what you're saying? You're saying he's going there to dominate, yet wanted no part of this. Like, it made no sense what a bunch of them were saying in those headlines. So I saw him yesterday, too, and I was like, what are you saying here? He's running from competition, yet he's ready to dominate over here and going to go back and dominate those teams that he's running from? It made no sense to me. Mac Engel. Oh, Mac Engel. Yeah, that were that that article. I think he's been I think he's been drinking from the crazy bucket for a minute now. He's Th- this been is praying not new. For, he's been praying for the demise of Oklahoma for quite some time. This isn't new, yeah. Of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Right. If you missed it yesterday, I'll pull the article up and I'll I'll read a couple of the passages from it. Basically said Oklahoma is going to wind up being to the SEC what Nebraska has been to the Big Ten, which is laughably bad on so many different levels. We talked about this a bit yesterday. 
TJ, Nebraska had been down for so long outside of one standalone season where, oh, by the way, they lost the Big 12 championship game outside of that one season with Indomitian Sioux and Crick. Nebraska stunk for a decade before they ever left the Big 12. Oklahoma has been routinely winning the Big 12 conference. So to sit there and say that Oklahoma is going to come close to resembling anything close to Nebraska, by by saying that alone, essentially you're saying OU's going to turn into a perennial 3-9, and 4-8 football team. I could entertain the argument that Oklahoma, and I disagree with it, but I'll at least entertain it as a conversation that could be had that Oklahoma on some seasons in the SEC could fall down to an 8-4, and 9-3 and three football program. But to suggest that there's any, any likelihood of Oklahoma turning into what Nebraska has been, both in its time in the Big 12 Conference before its exit and since it joined the Big 10 where it's been a laughingstock and a routine losing football program, stop it. it it's a ridiculous, ridiculous notion. It, it was just a, a silly article that there were so many times I rolled my eyes at it and just the ridiculous nature of it. He And like I said, he's been wishing this for a long time. It hasn't happened yet, but he's been wishing it. And I, I'll give you the argument that he was getting at was this many uh, Big 12 championships. Well, I don't expect them to win as many SEC championships or, or be the best team in the SEC year in and year out. But what you just said, I'll take an 8-4, and four, a 9-3. and three. If you're cycling through and going for a championship – every four or five years, like what happens with a lot of these teams in the SEC, outside of Alabama, who's pretty consistent. But the others kind of cycle through, and then boom, LSU's hitting, Florida's hitting, Auburn's hitting, whoever it may be that are in that championship hunt. And that's kind of the cycle. Uh, I expect OU to be above those programs, but I'm fine with being in that cycle if that means you're winning a championship every so many years cycling through like that. Totally agree. I don't care about the conference and how many conference championships uh, they may have won in the Big 12. I want the national championship and to be in that picture. I think about every Oklahoma fan feels that way. I think so, yeah. And not to just sit here and S all over winning Big 12 championships, there's been great achievements from this program, an extended period of dominance, Two decades within this conference in the Big 12. And once upon a time, when Texas was great and Kansas State was really good, I mean, Nebraska, before their downturn, like the early 2000s, okay, winning the Big 12 conference, I mean, it was arguably the best conference in college football. It's been a long time since that's been the case in the Big 12 conference. OU fans are cool with less conference championships that serve as a mirage in terms of how close or far away you really are from winning a national championship. If if getting a big slap in the face of reality that, okay, well, we're not quite where we thought we were in terms of being close to winning a national championship and having that happen on a more regular basis, if that's what it takes to crank things up around here and get Oklahoma over the top and into the championship circle, 
into winning championships number eight and beyond, then I think most Oklahoma fans sign me up. Where do I sign up? Yeah, give give me the pin. I'm signing. Yeah. We got a text here, and and I see you guys on the phone line. Hang on, bear with me just one quick moment here, and we'll go to the phones. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Cycling back to that Pat Forty article, Bobby texted in and said, the best part of that article by Forty was how the USC people celebrated a blown lead loss by Riley. <laughs> right. That is, that is pretty good. Let's see. One other text that I want to hit, and I'll, I'll hit all of these when we come back from this this uh, next break here. Somebody somebody told us that we are like the, the postmen. Whenever there's rain. Yeah, here we go. The ref are like postmen. Rain, sleet, or snow. Sports talk. It will be delivered. Dependable service to customers and affiliates. Thank you, TJ and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to deliver this morning. When I reached the light up here at Alameda, I said, well, at least if I get stuck now, I know I can walk to the station from here. So it didn't happen. I made it. but That was my thought process was if it was too walled off with snow on the entryway here, I was like, well, I'll just park over here at the gas station right. and walk over. <laughs> To the phones, that would be the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 405-329-9000. True Sooner, good morning. You guys couldn't be mailman. I know, we're, we're too no, You're always out delivering, it doesn't matter to you. <laughs> I'm out here right now. We're, we're not strong enough for, for that line of work. It takes a different breed, I'll tell you. Uh, I, I will tell you that that article you're talking about, the funny one about... Uh, 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 but OU becoming the Nebraska. I mean, that, to see his bias, just look at – why wouldn't he use Texas as the example? Texas is way closer to Nebraska than OU is. That's exactly what I said yesterday to Tyler. If there was a program of the two to pick that's going to the SEC that might turn into what Nebraska has been in the Big Ten, it's Texas! Texas, Texas resembles Nebraska when they left. They've stunk for a decade – and, oh, by the way, this big move that they think is going to open up new recruiting avenues for them, uh, new financial avenues for them, not going to result in conference championships or national championships. If you had to pick one of the two, yes, it would be Texas, not Oklahoma. And I, and I think they don't believe in Sarkeesian with the Gary Patterson situation. Like, that to me is like the shadow sitting over Steve Sarkeesian that – you better get it together because this guy's sitting here, and we're more than happy to give him the job. Right? Yeah. Well, and you know, you're you know the, talking about the, the Oklahoma not getting the five stars, and we got to start getting those guys. And I, I mean, I just think it's a matter of time. If if, if Venables has done what he's done, basically, this, this class in all in all realistic expectations, and and what would have happened to any other school around the country? I'm talking about Ohio State. Anybody probably would have been lucky to finish. I mean, you know, to hang on to a top twenty ranking in this class would have been acceptable for what for what's happened. I mean, for this cause, because everybody was saying this is a throwaway year after what happened, and we'll just we'll just he'll just have, but but the fact that he's going to have a year now to when he has a full year to get these guys, you know, that I don't think it's. I mean, I think they'll be getting a couple three just like just like all the big dogs do. 
just to put uh, this into perspective for everybody out there, and I, you know, the people that listen to the ref here hear us harping about it day in, day out. You get this, you understand it, but just again to add a little credence to what we're talking about, this 2022 class, guys, it's number eight everywhere you look now. Two four seven sports team rankings on three rivals, all of them. Sixty days ago, the class was twenty second nationally. Right, right, right. I mean, it's amazing right. what they've done here. Which, which is still twenty second, would have still been. I mean, about where you would expect most to lose their coach that late, and and to have, and, and the fact, the timing of it, the timing of it should have decimated it. I mean, there's a lot. You know, it's one thing to lose it in April when you still have eight years or eight months left, but to lose it, you know. This time of the year was was just and, and your coach and everything else. Hey, I, the guy that you know, the guy that typed in uh, or the, the article about the uh, making fun of Lincoln Riley. Uh, who was that that was making fun of him being up twenty eight to nothing? That was Oregon's new defensive coordinator, Tosh Luboy. So he's not wrong in that. You know, why do people think just because he's going to USC, Oklahoma's got the same resources or better? better facilities for sure than USC has got. Why does he think he's going to change any of his, his, you know, solution to his chemistry, whatever, to uh, uh, recruiting? He's going to work. He's going to get five-star offensive guys. You know, Grinch was supposed to have been the savior. I'm not saying he's not going to turn defense around, you know, at USC or whatever, but I mean, he's going to get, it's going to be the same thing. He's going to go to to the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever. He's going to go there and he's going to dominate and he's going to get in the playoffs every once in a while and they're going to get blown out by Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma, all those. I mean, it's, it's just why do people think? And, and it's the same way with Colin Cowherd and all these guys. Why do they think just because he's going to USC? I mean, these are guys that were making fun of him a year ago at Oklahoma. Colin you know, Cowherd, I can understand because as much as he, I mean, as much as he knows about college football, he's not following it super close he's not tied into how the recruiting rankings work I mean he's making fun of Oklahoma the other day for being excited to sign a punter when he probably has no clue that they signed five yesterday defensive players that are going to be impact players for Oklahoma he's got no clue what's going on he he doesn't know who's recruiting well or how OU's recruited in the past however many years where the successes and failures were in terms of said classes for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma it's the Pat 40s and some of those guys of the world that I'm disappointed in that should have a better pulse on okay yeah he's recruited great skill talent at Oklahoma but Get, get the five-star defensive linemen. Get the five-star offensive tackles and guards. Win in the trenches. That's not changing at USC. Right. And until I see that it does, then guess what? Yes, Lincoln Riley will resemble what he was at Oklahoma. He'll he'll score right. a lot of points, but guess what? Even when they win Pac-12 championships and maybe make a college football playoff appearance, you know they're going to get blown out there. And along the way, there's going to be mystifying losses where they lead by double digits against uh, Colorado or against Oregon State. And you're going to say, how the heck did they lose that game? Well, because that's what Lincoln Riley coach teams do. Yeah, and this team this year, not not to rag on them, but this team this year could have been very easily, very easily could have been a a six to six type team this year. I mean, if you look, if you look at the games they won early, 
those they, they could have easily have lost. And I'm not saying – I mean, I, they pulled them out and they did what they had to do to win. But this team, it could have been – they could have lost three or four games for sure. Probably uh, it's it, hedging the bet here. It was not far away from, to be reasonable, an 8-4 and four team. 8-4, and four, easy. Easy. True, I got to run, man. Appreciate the call, hey, buddy. Hi, man. Stay Thank safe you, out there. True Sooner, who is – like us, rain, sleet, snow, sunshine, darkness, it doesn't matter, baby. We're delivering right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. It is the Plank Show. I should tell you before we take a quick T.O. Hour number two, it's brought to you by Allison Insurance, 405-745-2968, allisoninsurance.com. They've got you covered. Health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, HSAs, and more. Bob and Robert Allison. They're going to find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Allison Insurance, they've been helping you and your family for over 60 years. T.O., DJ, hang in there. After this timeout, you're leading us off right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Josh and TJ back with you. It's the Plank Show right here on... The Ref Sports Radio Network, 94.7 FM, Oklahoma City and beyond, 1400 AM in Norman, 1430 The Buzz out in Tulsa. Good morning, T-Town. Happy to have everybody along across all of our affiliates right here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans this morning. A couple of texts and then we'll go back to the phones and hear from you. I think uh, this Air Comfort Solutions text line, by the way, 405-651-3439. I think one of the things we learned this season is how much the quarterbacks having a position coach and an offensive coordinator impacts their development. Maybe so. I mean, obviously, this thing did not turn out with Spencer Rattler the way that Everybody thought it was going to. Heisman favorite coming into 2021. Took a step backwards from where he was to end the 2020 season. I know we're rewinding here a bit, but Spencer Rattler was really, really good to end the 2020 season to win the Big 12 championship and looked great in the bowl game against a Florida team that, okay, did they want to be there or not? Whatever. You still got waxed in OU looked great and Spencer Rattler the offense it was humming there I mean it made sense why Rattler was the Heisman favorite going into 2021 then a big big step backwards for him kind of from the word go this past season I mean as soon as he let that deep ball fly against Tulane in the opener you kind of looking around in Gaylord family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium like wait a minute This does not look quite right for Rattler, and it never really materialized this past season for him. There were moments of brilliance for Caleb Williams, and then that was marred a little bit in the final three regular season games by somebody that looked like a true freshman and didn't necessarily always look like he was put in the best positions to be successful against Baylor, against Iowa State, against Oklahoma State. So maybe 
maybe having uh, Jeff Levy as an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, and a little more involvement from the entirety of the staff on the offensive side of the football because that was the plan for the bowl game. That's how OU approached it. It was, hey, Kale Gundy's passing game coordinator. Yeah, he's calling the plays, but Bill Biedenboe's run game coordinator. And OU in that first half, especially versus Oregon, one of the best halves of football offensively that OU had had in a long, long time and really all season long. So maybe having more voices offensively, not just talking quarterbacks, but just across the board offensively, maybe that can be a positive for OU. I think Teddy's talked about that a little bit, uh, that that's something that he's looking forward to. What else do we have here on the text line? Is Ted Lehman on vacation? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Ted Lehman is on vacation. On Thursday, yeah. yeah. He's been gone all week. so He's been out all week. And I don't think it's snowing where Teddy's at. It's definitely not snowing where Teddy's at. I can verify that. <laughs> Teddy's probably uh, in some water right now. so He has timed this vacation week amazingly perfect. well. It's perfect. This was a home run from one Teddy Lehman. He, he did well. Riley runs from the SEC. How many non-conference games did OU play against an SEC team? Well, Tennessee, right? Tennessee in 17 in Knoxville. And was that it? Non-conference games? Y- you played... Well, Auburn would have been that, – that would have predated Riley. That would have been Stoops' original final game. And then all of the SEC games that you lost in the college football playoff. Yeah, there wasn't another non-conference not, not SEC non-conference, opponent. No. Yeah, just the one, right? Well, in the Tennessee game would have been 15. So Yeah, that's what somebody just texted. That was 15, so – was the home date versus Tennessee before or after that? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was not many at the very least. And the postseason games, obviously, against the SEC, Georgia, Bama, LSU. We know uh, we know what happened in those games. DJ has been hanging on for a hot minute here. On the law offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. Number to call if you want to chime in. We'll take your phone calls the rest of the way here. 405-329-9000. DJ, what's up? Good morning. Hey, good morning to you guys. I hope you guys be safe out there when you guys are leaving the studio. Pretty bad out there. Um, quick question. Um, uh, a couple questions. First of all, um, Overton. I know it's early. Uh, I know he's from Georgia. I know he's adapted for OU. How high of a shot do OU has on getting him since he declared for 2022? I think OU's got a legitimate shot. I do. You got the legacy connection there. You're in the top five here now for Lebius Overton. Man, what what a coup that could be. And you talk about sparking this fan base. I, I was discussing this earlier, DJ. I don't know if you heard. To me, Oklahoma, I, I'm not going to – make or break every single class for OU based on how many five stars they did or did not get. But as a general rule of thumb, I do feel like OU, you're a good enough program, you're an elite enough program that 
every single signing class, you should have a couple of five-star guys. And if you could essentially replace the five-star that you lost in Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy, who signed with Texas A&M, and wind up with Lebius Overton in this 2022 signing class, oh, man. I mean, that's right out of the chute here for Brent Venables and this staff. That would be a big, big boost to this 2022 signing class, which I already think has been great for all of the reasons that we've been talking about all morning long. Yeah, I mean, any high really good, I mean, recruited you for the players, if you're looking at OU in a serious game with Venables and Bates, but I do have a question. I mean, A and M. Uh, I hate to say this. I mean, all the NIL. They're going to be up there too, or even more, because getting these five star players from Miami is going to A and M out of the, the blue is kind of you know. I don't know what y'all's taking that because that's really uh, going in the way where they're going to be getting all these five star players because they usually should not be number one in recruiting. We, we we might have to air all of Jimbo Fisher from yesterday, that question that was making the rounds, his reply to it. It's like three minutes long. I don't know if I, – I think we should still play the whole thing, though. It was so good, him going after everybody. Clowns. We don't use NIL. <laughs> We're not paying <laughs> – hard work around here. We're not paying players like Lane Kiffin says. Uh, well, I mean, it's amazing what Texas A&M has done. Uh, obviously, they've got the top-ranked class – whether name, image, and likeness is involved in that, I mean, anymore, that's that's part of the game. And you can play the game that way so long as you're not, according to the NCAA, directly involved with enticing players to come to your school via name, image, and likeness deals. That's probably been going on a little bit at A&M. It feels like it's been going on a little bit at A&M. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher yesterday in his signing day press conference in a big way was pushing back against that narrative. Bottom line is this, for me, whether or not that is the case, until the NCAA cracks down on somebody, then as far as I'm concerned, I mean, that's kind of just part of the game, is it not, TJ? It is what it is at this point. Like, Jimbo yesterday, I, I was laughing at him because, to me, he's one of the biggest slime balls in college football. <laughs> and I could see him just with a table lined up with NIL deals and say, just select which one you want. We've got them all lined up for you. So, to be as adamant and as angry as he was led me to believe there's something going on there. So <laughs> It did reek a little bit of his girlfriend busting him for cheating at <laughs> yes. him. You know, screaming in front of anybody that would listen, I've not! been unfaithful it's like all right Jimbo I don't, I don't know about all that it's amazing though I mean however they've done it obviously it's a terrific signing class and whether or not A&M is going to routinely be you know pulling in the number one signing class again and again and again I, I do expect A&M to continue to recruit similarly to this signing class they've had here all right Appreciate it, DJ. We we lost him. <laughs> we are due a timeout. It is the Plank Show. We're rolling through hour number two right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Would love to hear more from you. Let's play some Jimbo Fisher. Since we're talking about it, we might as well not just paraphrase for him and at least play a portion of what Jimbo had to say yesterday from his National Signing Day Media availability, we can do that. We still, I've, I've been 
I, I need to chop up some clips on my end, but we got to share some Brent Vittables with you from signing day as well. What did he say about Caleb Williams? All of that and more on deck right here. It's the Plank Show on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Hour number two of the Plank Show. We roll on. TJ Perry is across the way from me here in the Ref Network Studios. I am Josh Elmer. Happy to have... You hanging out with us this morning as well. Hour number two, it's brought to you by Allison Insurance. Give them a call for any of your health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, HSAs, and beyond. 405-745-2968 if you have uh, any questions or needs there. AllisonInsurance.com. Bob and Robert Allison, they're going to find the best fits for you in your office for insurance. Allison Insurance. They've been helping you and your family for over 60 years. Brent Venables yesterday, signing day press conference, and he was asked about Caleb Williams. And, well, he was asked about Dylan Gabriel and the importance of adding a quarterback here of Dylan Gabriel's caliber. And then Eric Bailey asked him, when when did you go ahead and kind of severed ties with Caleb Williams. Sounded like this. Well, I mean, I thought it was very important to send a message to our guys that, you know, if if a guy goes into the into the portal, my assumption is that there's something they're not happy with where they're at. That's what I'm assuming. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't assume that? So uh, my job is to make sure that I, you know, have an allegiance and a loyalty to that locker room. I do what's in the best interest of that locker room, our coaching staff, certainly uh, the University of Oklahoma. And uh, so having, you know, known that this was a possibility uh, for well over for a week uh, going uh, up to the, you know, the announcement date of uh, Caleb going into the portal, we, we were ready to respond. And uh, regardless of whether Caleb had decided to not go into the portal, we needed to address, uh, address our, our quarterback situation uh, only having uh, a couple of guys on on scholarship there, so uh, you know that was uh, well known to everybody that uh, needs to be in the know. And uh, but we were just ready to respond, you know, if if we we were put in that position. So uh, you know, Jeff had done a, a you know a good job of just communicating. Hey, this of things that might go down if it goes down, uh, you know. We got to be ready to uh, to again respond. So, uh, you know, and and then in regards to Caleb, uh, you know, obviously we our intentions were to um, allow him some autonomy. Uh, he didn't choose me. He didn't choose Coach uh, Levy. Uh, there's a you know part of it's understandable um, that hey you know I need to maybe reevaluate things and you know you could probably reevaluate evaluate it without maybe going out and to the portal I think yeah you know being in the in the circles and knowing uh you know what other people's situations are whether it's scheme or whether it's their situation at quarterback I think you probably have a good idea uh you and I both could go find out you know what we need to know uh without maybe going into the portal so again to me once you once you get into the portal there's a line that you cross and um uh and again my assumption is that I have to assume not that you're coming back. I got to assume that you're not going to be here once you make that decision. So, 
Um, you know, I think after a few days, it probably um, wasn't have we didn't have the, the kind of communication I think is uh, that would be necessary uh, that would allow us to um, continue to feel good about uh, uh, an opportunity moving forward. Uh, the communication wasn't wasn't uh, where it needed to be. Um, so I don't know exactly how many days, but at some point in time, move forward. All right, so there's Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables yesterday talking about the the addition of Dylan Gabriel. Didn't spend a lot of time there talking about the addition of Dylan Gabriel. I think he might have a little bit earlier. He really spent a lot of time breaking down just the ins and outs of how Oklahoma approached Caleb Williams' decision to enter the transfer portal. And – I don't think that Coach Venables or Coach Levy, I mean, you you always, I guess, TJ, in life and in work, you do have to self-evaluate. You always have to do that. Okay, how what, what can I do to be more successful? What can I do to have gotten a result, a different result that – that you wanted or would have been viewed as successful. I just think in this particular instance, though, okay, self-evaluate and and ask yourself those types of questions. What could I have done differently? What could Jeff Levy have done differently? I don't look at it as any sort of a scheme situation for Oklahoma that Caleb Williams wanted some sort of offensive scheme and they didn't supply that here at the University of Oklahoma. This situation to me is as simple as Caleb Williams wanted to play for Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley recruited Caleb Williams. He signed Caleb Williams to Oklahoma. And as soon as Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma for USC, Caleb Williams, though he, whether it's a little bit of, a little bit of posturing to have spent an extended period of time evaluating other options that weren't named USC, your UCLA's, your Wisconsin's of the world. If that was some optics, I think in a lot of ways maybe it was, he was always going to USC. And the people he was checking out, be it Oklahoma, be it, like you just mentioned, some of the other programs we heard about, UCLA, Wisconsin, everything was being compared to Lincoln Riley and his relationship with Lincoln. So all I'm saying there is, I don't think Brent Venables and Jeff Levy need to do some in-depth soul-searching on no, why this situation no. did not work out for Oklahoma. I think it's it's pretty clear why it didn't work out for Oklahoma. But I like that your head football coach is, is willing to do a little bit of self-evaluation and soul-searching. Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables. We can hear more from Coach as we move through the morning. Sean, I see you hanging on. If you, you hang tight, I'll get right to you. When we come back from this timeout right here, it's the Plank Show on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Plank Show, we are back with you on the Ref. It is the home of Sooner fans. Josh Elmer alongside TJ Perry. If you're wondering about Chris Plank, he is okay. So far as we we know, he is in route back home, obviously the... Sooner women, big win last night over Baylor. Season sweep, 78-77. We're, uh, of course, just hoping everybody gets home safe. Take it slow. No big deal. If it takes nine hours to get home, it will 
not be the most pleasant trip. Oh, that's miserable. But oh. make it make it a safe trip. <laughs> make it home, but man, what a miserable ride. <laughs> uh, the wheels on the bus go round and round. So if you wonder where where Plank is, he uh, of course was on site in Waco last night inside the Farrell Center for the Big Dub for the Sooner Women, and uh, he is with the team traveling back. So just wishing everybody safety today and patience. If if you need patience, take the patience. No big deal. And uh, Plank will be back with us tomorrow. Tomorrow. He was originally – TJ and I were laughing about this. He What time did he send the email to us last night, like – a little after midnight. Yeah, because I didn't see it until this morning after I got to work. It was after mid, well after midnight, yeah. So, <laughs> initially the plan was game finishes, team comes comes home. Right. And then, of course, the wise decision was made, hey, we'll stay overnight, we'll leave in the morning. And, like, the email that got sent to us last night was, I think, you know, I can I can get in maybe for that last hour at 11. <laughs> not just get in for it. Be back to studio by 11. I'm like, like no way. No, you're set to leave at 8.30. You obviously have not looked outside. <laughs> you're not getting to studio by 11 a.m. Oh, man. That's funny. Phone lines to close up hour number one, and then I'm going to hand the baton off for just a smidge for TJ to go solo dolo, and I'll be, uh, I'll be back. i got to record an interview separately from the show here for our new golf show, which is coming up the Gimme Zone on Saturdays. Hope everybody will tune in for that 10 to noon. So I've got uh, some responsibilities for just a few minutes here at the top of the hour. But before we do that, let's welcome in Sean on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 405-329-9000. Sean, good morning. What's well, up? Good winter, good winter morning, uh, Josh and TJ, and hopefully this goes away soon and that uh, we don't have to experience it again this year. Uh, yeah, I, they don't have anything to feel bad about. They He was never coming back to Oklahoma. He, probably under the advice of uh, his former or his new head coach, went through bowl practice and played in the bowl game to get more reps to use Oklahoma to advance his career like Riley used Oklahoma to lay the groundwork for his 2023 recruiting class. I mean, he was never coming back to OU, and it's all theater, just like, you know, uh, Riley reaching out to folks now. Well, it's all theater because he's tired of getting hammered on, and he wants somebody back here to stand up for him. I mean, it, the guy's a psychopath, and good riddance to him, and as we've said before, we're better off. Um, but uh, I was going to ask you, you are talking about A&M, which was fascinating, and Jimbo shouldn't be surprised. I mean, let's be honest. The It has to be thought of, if you just pulled in the best recruiting class ever in the history of college football at A&M, a school where you would obviously have to pay people to go to, have you ever been to Little Berlin? I mean, unless you want to dress up like you're a 1940. Well, hang on. Jimbo Fisher was telling me yesterday it's like the greatest place on planet Earth. Yeah, well, if you – Everybody if wanted you want, to come there. It is if you want to be a good humor uh, – dress like a good humor ice cream salesman or, like I said, dress like it's 1940 <laughs> U.S. Army, you know, and you're, and you're into jazz Bleach, dance, sure bleach sales must be incredible in College oh. Station. But they've never done any. I mean, well, I mean, honestly, unless you're just jazzed to go to a second tier bowl, 
What is the draw of Texas A&M? Well, I'll put it to you like this, and I agree with what Unless you're saying. It's money. How how has nobody been a, nobody else not named Georgia and Ohio State been able to and Clemson been able to recruit on par with an Alabama? How how are, how are those the only programs and everybody else that hasn't been winning big hasn't pulled in a class like this and now all of a sudden A and M's got it? Because they're because they've used the new rule to over the over. Uh, pay, but not overpay them. They've used it to overtly pay them. I, mean, right. I don't know why he's shocked about that. Power to you for using the system. Yep. But anyway, until the NCAA you, cracks down, more power uh, to you. You know. I agree. We need to be doing it here. But anyway, how uh, you guys be safe? Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. That's it for hour number two, right here on the Plank Show. We got one more hour to go, and I will be a a big part of that eventually. But for the time being. TJ Perry is going to take over right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Keep it locked in. It's the home of Sooner fans.